Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. It's all connected. Everything. So I was thinking maybe we should put our money where our mouth is. Okay. We have very big mouths. This doesn't we do. mean we're going to need a lot of money, does it? Uh, maybe. Oh. Robert Downey Jr. has struck again. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, video that, that got put out. It's been going all over the net for that um, collective project where he – there's a there's – a, I guess it's a college student that's, pr- that's 3D printing artificial limbs for kids. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few projects like that. Yeah, yeah, including this one. Yeah, and so it was it was really cool. I mean, he shows up and gets in the whole Stark persona and puts on the the Iron Man glove and you know does with the kid. So the kid um, who had a birth defect was able to actually have an arm that that he could he could use, and it looked like the Iron Man arm. So it was really yep. it was really cool. And his light worked. His light did work. But between that and like the you know the Omaze thing he's doing, and then the 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 Pratt and the Hemsworth. Uh, or Pratt and Hemsworth, uh, Chris Pratt and Chris Evans. There's a lot of Chris's in the MCU. There are, yeah. Um, with all the stuff there going on, so we started kind of chatting around a little bit, and we thought, you know, we've got this Patreon campaign that we're that we're running, um, and hopefully uh, trying to build up a little more steam to it. So we thought, what if we use that as an opportunity to take a lead from uh, the heroes that we're so fond of on the big screen and the small screen? Sounds like a splendid idea. Yeah. So what? What we decided was, as part of our Patreon campaign, for those of you gracious enough to donate, and hopefully those that will be gracious enough in the future, um, at the end of every quarter, we're going to take that month's donations, whatever they add up to be, um, and then just rotate around the different charities that uh, that all these guys have been so gracious enough to to put their muscle behind. So being that we're we're kind of uh, we're almost at the end end of a, a quarter now. By the time we get everything situated and stuff, so we're thinking. We'd kick this off in June, um, and I think what we're gonna we're gonna do is uh, follow Robert Downey Jr.'s lead on his Omaze Ome, project for Julia's house, and so whatever we get, so hopefully between now and then we can we can get some momentum on our Patreon campaign, um, and whatever we bring in for the month of June, so at the beginning of July after after everything gets settled out with with Patreon, uh, we will take that amount. Um, and then make a donation uh, to Julia's house, and then for the September, we'll we'll pick another one, whether it's it's Chris Pratt's or Chris Evans. Um, we'll go that route, and we'll just keep rotating these out every quarter, and um, and you know maybe we'll just bring it back around and just just kind of cycle through them. Um, but if any of the the stars of any of these shows that you know pick another cause that they're worthy or fond of, then uh, then maybe we'll just latch on to that. So. So again, just a kind of a way for us to to kind of give back, like um, like I said, like everybody else is doing, and kind of put our put our money where our mouth is. We've been you know giving these guys high praise. Uh, we thought you know maybe we we should do something a, a, a little worthy ourselves. Sounds good, excellent. So basically, anything that anyone donates to, it's all connected. You know, one quarter of that's going to a charity, which is awesome. 
Absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Very cool. And this is It's All Connected, and we are a show dedicated to Marvel Studios and all the cool movies and TV shows, Netflix series that uh, they are putting out, as you all know. And tonight we are going to spoil the crap out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the episode is called Who You Really Are. We keep confusing that, right? Who we, what do they become? What are they? Well, it's Who You Really Are this week. And this is John, and I have with me Russell and Ken for episode 53. Three. 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 Got it on the first try. There you go. Hey, before we jump in, did you guys see uh, Saturday Night Live last week? I did not, but I saw the video. Yes, I, I saw, saw the, the video. video so yeah. Chris Hemsworth, good. Thor himself, was on Saturday Night Live hosting, and they did a they did a fun like Jerry Renner was on uh, a year, a couple of years ago uh, after Avengers, um, and did a fun thing as Hawkeye. Well, here Thor's back and uh, had a great fun thing, uh, completely out of character for Thor. It was it was a lot of fun. Pick, made fun of uh, Chris Evans, Tony Stark, and uh, even got some Nick Fury in there as the coach, quote-unquote, including the Gatorade shower. So it was a lot of fun. So check out that video. Look for that if you uh, haven't seen it already. But I'm sure everybody listening to this has. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. when He was, like, doing the running man and high-fiving yeah. everybody. And... Yep. Yeah, that yep. was good stuff. After party at Dave & Buster's, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A lot has happened, I think, in the in the past week. Yeah, it's it's funny. Every week we have a big news week. We're like, well, next week will probably be kind of quiet, and uh, and then it's not. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to start with? Um, I know you have notes for us, and I'm just blowing it up. But uh, we Please missed do. a piece of news last week. I think we did. With the uh, yeah, go ahead. You're you're prepared. Uh, yeah. So one of the things we I wouldn't say we missed it. I had it. On, I did have it on my notes, but we just had so much news last week. We were running really, really long. Uh, so I just, I kind of passed over it. Uh, but the big, I guess the biggest news on the Spider-Man front is it looks like Drew Goddard has been hired to write and direct the Spider-Man movie. Uh, so that's huge news. I mean, Drew Goddard is someone that works with Joss Whedon. So there's the obvious connection there. Um, he directed the movie Cabin in the Woods. I guess co-wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods. Awesome. Which is great. Uh, if you haven't seen that, it's, it's, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek look at the horror genre, but a, but a lot of fun. Chris Hemsworth uh, was was in that as well. Now, wasn't Drew Goddard connected to something that didn't happen? Daredevil. Oh, very good. I knew it was something. I wanted yeah. to say that was Edgar Wright that was uh, Ant-Man connected. Correct, yeah. Yeah. I'm good with Drew Goddard. I I think he has that cool, like you said, he did the tongue in cheek sort of uh, look at the horror genre. Like I think that works for Spider Man. You know that banter and that little winks and nods and stuff. I think that's the right tone for Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. And there was a fair amount of action in that movie, and it was it was well directed. I thought. I mean, yeah, definitely. I love that movie. Ken, did you see Cabin in the Woods? Uh, no, I have not. It's on the list. Very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not what you think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'll... you think, but it's <laughs> that's not it. I'll put it on the list. And uh, Bradley Whitford is in that too. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. that alone is a reason. To see I was it. say, I know you're you're a Bradley Whitford fan. I am. 
So speaking of Daredevil, so there's been a little bit of Daredevil news, or a lot of Daredevil news, I guess I should say. Uh, first and foremost, we got a second official trailer. Yes, we did, and there's actually a couple little references to the bigger universe in there. Small ones. Yeah, yeah. Can't say if they're, not sure if they're forced or not, but they were there. Yeah, the little tag at the end of the trailer when one, yeah. one of the guys says, if he had a iron suit or a magic hammer, it would explain why you guys are getting your asses handed to you. Yeah, that was a great line. So that was that was good. Um, a little yeah, more kingpin. Just, yeah, more a lot more kingpin. Almost like uh, the first half of the trailer was almost like uh, you know from the kingpin's perspective. Which yeah, which is yeah. which is nice because we haven't gotten a lot of you know we've gotten a couple images here and there, but I think this is the most we've seen a kingpin so far. Yeah, I only saw it once, but I didn't pick it out. Did we get a shot of Rosario Dawson in there? In there? Yes. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Oh yeah, we did get a quick one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she actually, says you're in a blind. Ner- was she in a nurse's uniform, actually, I think? Uh, she was nursing Matt, but I don't recall that she was in a nurse's outfit. Uniform, right. I should say. Uniform, yeah. And I'm yeah. starting to think that this is his costume for this season. I'm thinking you're right. I think so, and too. And what makes me say that is the closer shots that we are getting, it's not just a black sweatsuit. Like from The Man Without Fear, you know, where when Matt starts out, he's really just in a black sweat, you know, black sweatshirt, black sweatpants with a rag tied around his head, basically, which is what I thought originally. The closer looks we get at it, it is more of like a, um, like a spandex looking black shirt with a little bit of red trim. Like it actually looks like a costume a little bit when you get a closer look at it. Just muted, you know, more in black than than red, right? Um, and I don't, you know, again, if they were gonna flash the new costume or the red costume, they probably wouldn't show it in the trailer anyway. Um, but I'm starting to think this first season is gonna be mostly the the uh, the beginnings, and maybe we'll never get the red. You know, maybe it just doesn't work in this tone of a grounded show. Yeah, and I mean, depending on how it goes, I'm uh, that's okay. Like, I'm I'm not married to it. I mean, if they tell good stories and there's a lot of good action and stuff like that, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it it's a little different for the Marvel universe. Like, they've just been hitting these costumes out of the park. You know what I mean? And and they haven't really what's gotten toned down. Um, I guess Captain America, you could say, has been toned down, but they did a pretty the World War II cap is pretty faithful. Uh, they went with the, the more of the super soldier cap that we know now. Yeah, yeah, definitely more of the uh, the ultimate cap style of the costume, right? And, uh, and more ultimate functional Thor. than yep, yep. I guess maybe like Hawkeye. I mean, we really Hawkeye's probably the biggest uh, not departure, but you know, uh, more contemporary, right? And it makes yeah. sense. They weren't going to do the purple suit with the big, you know, ears big, or whatever. Yeah, ear the H on it. <laughs> I think Iron Man and Widow. I think is hard to say. Aren't they're the closest to the original comic design as you can get? Yeah. Right. But it was it was funny. There was the one scene where they show Matt, and he's got it looks like he has rope tied around his hands and up like his forearms. And he's he's like coming around a corner, and they're showing it. And I was like, "Man, that looks like a I straight out of uh, Miller and Ramita Junior's Man Without Fear." And I started googling a bunch of images and stuff. 
and I don't know if it's just the way that Ramita drew it, but I I didn't see anything where he actually had the rope around his hands. Like there's no image that shows that. So it's just interesting how just that that visual for me just took me back to that comic, even though that specific image is not there. But right, it's uh, like the uh, remember Walking Dead the uh, the doors that say "Don't open dead inside." We're like, oh, right. that's right out of the comic. It's never in the comic. There's nothing right. written on the doors in the comic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your mind plays tricks on you a little bit. Yeah, but definitely if you, I mean, if you're interested in all, I mean, the Miller Ramita Jr. Uh, miniseries called The Man Without Fear is kind of a re, like a, it was the first like modern retelling of the Daredevil origin that was done in the in the 90s. Um, and to me, it's like, it's probably John Ramita Jr.'s finest work uh, as an artist. It's it's fantastic. And, and Miller just, you know, having written that character so well for him to be able to go back and retell that origin uh not to get too far down the comic train but i highly recommend you checking that out if you have any interest in that at all yeah and the uh it'll be too late as you're hearing this recording but comiXology just put a ton of the brewbreaker daredevil stuff on sale yeah um again it'll be too late so i'm not helping anybody but if you can get your hands on that brew if you're looking for daredevil stuff to dig into with this big show coming up I highly recommend, like Russ said, the uh, the you know the Ramita and Miller Man Without Fear and the Brubaker Bendis uh, Daredevil runs, which is more recent, is really good stuff. Yeah, uh, we got some more casting news, which is funny since uh, filming has obviously been done for quite some time, and we're you know less than a month away at this point to the premiere. Um, but they they lined up six cast members, and they all appear like they're villains. Uh, so I'll run through these really quick. Most of these are not comic uh, characters, but a few, but a couple of them are. Uh, so we got uh, Peter Shinkoda, who's playing a character called Nobu, uh, and and I'll read these descriptions, these official descriptions of these characters, because they always kind of crack me up how uh, how innocuous they are. But uh, he's described as a Japanese businessman with an agenda all his own. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Uh, Wai Ching Ho is playing Madame Gao, a powerful woman running her own trade. And given that her name is Madam, I'm assuming we can know what that trade is. Hmm. I don't know about that. Maybe. The world's oldest profession. That's hmm. a... That could also just simply be a uh, honorific of uh, respect. Could hmm. be. Uh, we get Nikolai Nikolaev and Gideon Emery uh, playing Vladimir and Anatoly. Two Russian brothers looking to forge new names for themselves in America. And they're here to pump you up. Yeah. There's been a real trend of uh, Eastern European mobsters lately. Yeah. (laughs) They seem to be the new go-to villains. Um, John Wick and a couple... That one's coming to mind right away, but they seem to be the new uh, go-to thugs. Yeah. Uh, Rob Morgan is going to play Turk Barrett, and he's a small-time criminal in Hell's Kitchen, who, in the comics, has previously stolen the armor of other supervillains, such as Stilt Man and uh, Mauler, to fight with Daredevil. So, Turk is... Stilt Man. Stilt Man, yeah. Stilt. Oh, Stilt. Okay. What is that? What's Stilt Man? Stilt Man. He's like a guy that... It's literally what it sounds like. (laughs) Really? Uh, That's why I'm laughing. Okay, He has a... He has uh, has stilts. Yes, he has a suit of of armor, basically, that the, the legs extend out. Makes makes him tall. Exactly. Go go gadget legs. Yes. Yes. That's more. That's more appropriate. 
Oh, it's okay. funny because Daredevil, I think last week we spoke about how they compared this Daredevil to The Wire. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. uh and Turk is totally bubbles oh, yeah. on The Wire. Yes. Turk and for anybody that doesn't uh hasn't watched The Wire, Turk is an informant. He's a street like low-level street criminal that knows what's going on. He's got his ear to the ground type of thing. And when Matt Murdock needs to lean on somebody for information, he can get it out of the Turk. You know, he'll threaten to beat it out of him, and uh, the Turk will eventually give it up. And he's, he's yeah, he's been one of those through-line characters that's been with Daredevil for a long time. Um, and he's also made, he's popped up in, like, The Punisher, so yeah. maybe there's uh, there's some hope there. Interesting. Um, and lastly, we get Matt Gerald, who will play Melvin Potter, a.k.a. The Gladiator. Uh, and he is a machinist caught between a rock and a hard place. Hmm. Yes, a machinist. Not where I want to be. Yeah. That will no doubt be brandishing wrist blades. Yeah. And a funky helmet, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But he's another one. He's been, uh, I guess his first appearance was Daredevil 18, you know, way back in the 60s. So he's been around for quite some time as well as a villain. I, I think they play him a little more straight, obviously, nowadays, where he's more just like a, a big thug than he is, uh, you know, as goofy as he was back in the beginning. Uh, but that rounds out the, the six new members of the cast that they brought in, other than, the you know, obviously everyone they've talked about in the past. Um, and the only last little bit of news that we'll go through that I have here, just some quick hitters. Uh, there's some new photos out of Jessica of from AKA Jessica Jones, just some more shots of Christian Ritter as Jessica Jones. Looks like she's a little beat up, which is interesting. Um, because if she has the superhero thing going on, uh, the fact that she's beat up. So I, I'm curious to see if they keep that angle or if maybe it's more yeah, like she, she is powered, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, now, I don't know if they're keeping that in the, in comics. the comics. I don't know if... In the comics, I mean, yeah. Right. So that maybe they'll go the powers route, and like the lead character used to have powers, but doesn't have powers anymore. So, um, you know, maybe that's the angle they're going with for this. Hard to say. Maybe she's on the index. Maybe so. I look at. I, I like Kristen Ritter as an actress, and I'm looking forward to you know checking out the series. I don't see Jessica Jones when I look at her. I don't either. But uh, you know, way too early to tell. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I guess David Tennant, because uh, filming is really ramping up, uh, and he plays Kilgrave, he was spotted around the Marvel offices, just kind of doing the rounds, taking a lot of pictures, uh, meeting with a lot of artists and, and other folks, just kind of seeing how the how the sausage is made over at Marvel. Cool. Uh, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, for Age of Ultron, we got a couple new posters. We got a poster for the Scarlet Witch and a poster for Quicksilver. Uh, is, that, is that the full set yet now? Have we... Got all the characters that we know about? I th Nothing. think so. I mean, we haven't gotten like a Maria Hill, but I don't, no, I don't know that well, we will. Yeah, well, we got the main the main core Avengers. Now we got these two. Yeah. <coughs> Spider-Man. So <coughs> nah. nah, nah. <laughs> no, we didn't get a vision though, right? Because the only no. vision we have was that just a close-up of his eyes at the end of the last trailer. Right, right. And I don't know if they're going to go the villains route, so I don't know if we're going to get, you know, like Claw or Ultron <laughs> right. or... A million Bunstrucker Ultron posters one by yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ultron number one. Ultron, Ultron number eight. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the last bit of news I think we're going to save for a spoiler section because okay. that was something that came out today. Um, 
and I think I think there'll be a little bit of debate among the hosts uh, as to as to what this means. Um, but we'll save that for for the end in case folks don't want to be spoiled by that. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to ruin it for them. Yeah. Hey, dropping back to Daredevil a second. Did you guys talk about um, on a show? Maybe if I wasn't on it, um, there were some stills, some some pictures that came out. This is a few weeks back now, but one of them was the uh, uh, the poster for a, a boxing match featuring Jack Murdoch and Crusher Creel. You know what? We didn't talk about that. So uh, I know uh, John or one, I think one of you po- posted on our Facebook page suggesting if it's uh, the Creel from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was uh, son or something like that. And my, my thought was that it's no, it's the same guy. Uh, just early in his boxing career because we know this Creel uh, was a was a prize fighter who basically used his abilities to cheat. So uh, I'm thinking the same guy. You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, because he's he he looked in the in, when he was in Agents of Shield, he looked maybe like late forties, maybe even fifty. I mean, he looked like an older. I, I I put him in his late thirties at the very least. That would still put him, you know, if it was fifteen years ago, yeah, um, you know, into his early twenties, which would be perfect for an up and coming young fighter, um, going up against an uh over the hill on his way out, uh, Jack Murdoch. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I I didn't think of that angle that it did, doesn't have to be the same age as. Jack Murdoch. It well, could... and it wouldn't be. It would be, you know, it would be a right. teenage be... Matt Murdoch time after his accident, most likely. Right. But, no, Jack. Um... I said so. I meant in between the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In between the. It would. It could be very well the age in between Jack and Matt, which I didn't think of. I was thinking the boxer would have to be the same age as Jack, but that doesn't. Oh yeah, no, because uh, I mean, I don't. I just don't know about. Uh, yeah, no, it wouldn't be the same age as, as Jack. It would be because I mean, the, I'm thinking they're going to go with at least that piece of the Daredevil mythos where he's he's washed up, washed up. You know, going you know to find the kingpin and winning the fight. But it, it'd be interesting to me to see if it's the same guy if this Creel has his abilities or is shown using his abilities in this fight or not. Right. You know, I'm kind of curious about that about that piece of it. I, I think. If we see the fight, yeah, that is. the Creel we saw in Agents of Shield, I think, comes off as too young to me. But you never know. I mean, they're obviously connected some way. You don't use just yeah. that name, you know. It, no, it's, no, it's deliberate. And I think, and I think they used him one because of his abilities, but also because it, you know, it gives you that 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 tie back to Daredevil that people who are watching both shows can look back and say, oh yeah, you know, it's all connected, right? You know, I'm I'm definitely thinking same guy, but. Uh, we don't know how old Matt is in the show, right? I'm putting him at like 25 at the very youngest, so that's that still puts him into the you know yeah. 15 range for that 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 past fight. You know the one where his dad, where I'm thinking it's probably when his dad dies, is that fight or shortly after that. So there you go. Right on. Cool. Well, we should probably get to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's why we're here, right? It is. So the actor is 37. There you go. So yeah, Brian Patrick Wade plays Crusher Creel, and he was born in 1978. So. 37. 37. Yeah, they can make a row. I guess back then, a year ago, it was 36, but, you know, obviously they could fudge. They could fudge the age a little no, bit. No, but it's like I said, you know, late thirties, so that that definitely lines up with what my what my thought is. Yep. We've settled that. Cool. So Sif is so back. We, Sif is back. Doesn't quite remember who she is. No. 
I'm glad they didn't waste time with that. You know, yeah. heroes get together and they fight. They just lined it up and say, "Nope, we know you. Here's here's pictures. See, we're hanging out together. We're all we're all cool here. We're all we're, everything's fine. How are you? Did you? So a couple of things. Uh, a, it was funny because they kept saying like Carver. I think it was Carver, or was it Kava, or Kava? She was looking for Kava. She looking for the Hapa, or, or you know, with her accent, it could have been Carver. You know, the way she says it, but. But that it sounds like at the very end of the episode that was this particular Cree's planet as well, wasn't it? No, Hala. Isn't the planet? Oh, Hala. That's okay. the Cree homeworld. That's the Cree homeworld. Okay, yeah. of course it is. Never mind. I just I watched it again, but I did it. I did it quickly. So I really liked her performance with the. Uh, she had some deadpan, you know, comedy oh, yeah. stuff with not remembering who she was, and uh, yeah. You know, it's always good when it doesn't happen often, but she she plays a good straight man to uh, to May. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't happen often. Usually, Maze is straight. Right. Did Did you guys think her accent was a bit off in the very beginning? When was the last time she got to really play Sif? The her last episode of Shield. Yeah. I mean, that was a year ago, so I, I can't really fault too much for that. No, no, I, I, it's not. It's not meant to be an overt criticism. It's just. It's something like when she first started speaking, I was just like, it just sound. And maybe I'm just not used to it. Like I don't. You know, it's too bad Brad's not here. He could tell us what she really sounds like, because you know. Yes. They've they've actually interacted. Yes, well, I'll have to bring it up next time Brad's on. Uh, but I like one of the things I liked was the May uh, Sky training sequence. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought there was some good choreography in that. I I, I like to see that that they're kind of reiterating the fact that Sky has been you know continually undergoing training that she just didn't overnight suddenly turn into this Shield agent that right. you know there's mo- there's some story there, but they didn't belabor it. Yeah, more more than that, Sky is is holding back. She's trying to protect herself and and keep her business under control. And May noticed that she's able to tell that Sky's not giving it her all. Yeah, she just doesn't know what doesn't know why yet. And just to sum up this whole episode for me, last last episode I was concerned that they were going to drag out this whole you know, Sky has his secret, and and I kind of expected this, and I think I probably said as much. But like every other. Um, uh, plot point this whole season they're not wasting any time in moving the show along here it is one week later and the secret's out and for the most part people want to help her but we still have some feelings to deal with about it yeah but yeah, they didn't waste any time to move to move that along and now we've got our next mystery to to deal with which which was um uh of course you know what what's what's mac and bobby up to but we'll get to that later yeah now, do you, Russ, do you know in humans, um, do they just get, like, a specific ability, or are they all, like, super strong, and are they enhanced humans overall, and then they Technic- also have, like, other abilities, or? No, technically, I mean, yes, I mean, all in humans started out as human, so... You know, even the classic in humans that we know, you know, uh, Black Bolt and Medusa and Crystal and Gorgon and Maximus, they, they were humans, <clears throat> you know, tens of thousands of years ago, and they were altered by the Terrigen mists, by the by the Terrigenesis. Um, and so this whole, the recent development with the humans where it's like this latent, where, where they're, they're kind of mirroring that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where the, the theory is, there are people on Earth that are um, that can accept this process that they can go through terogenesis and they can come out enhanced. And there are others that, if they went through terogenesis, they would be um, 
you know, they they die. Um, so that's. But then there's then there's others where nothing would happen, right? Well, in the comics, the the whole death thing isn't a isn't a factor. I think in Agents of Shield, they're basically saying if you're exposed to this and you're not one of us, you're gonna you're gonna bite the bullet, kind of like. I I haven't seen that because I don't think um, they're very clear in showing with um, uh, uh, Trip that a shard of the the casing actually hit him, and it, that's more of a defense mechanism that's that's protecting the the crystals. Had that not happened, I don't think the mist would have had any effect on him. Right, but what about but like with the the what do you call it the uh, the obelisks. That's what I'm talking about. The obelisks is just the, the the protective casing. That was more of a defense mechanism to prevent people who couldn't, who 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 shouldn't have it from from touching or holding it. That's true. Um, the mists themselves, I don't think, had any any negative effects. Certainly, it didn't appear to have any negative effect on Trip until he interacted with it and got hit by the the shard of the obelisk itself. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Um, yeah, so 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 I don't I don't think there's there's necessarily death involved to those who don't have it, but I think you're you're absolutely right that, and this is what they in the comics as well, that the the uh, modifications are genetic and can be passed on, uh, you know, through through reproduction, and has perpetuated itself throughout the you know, generations. So there are millions of people on on the planet who are potentially. Um, you know, can be affected by the mists. I guess why I started with that question was Sky gets the best of May a little bit in that training session. Um, and I was wondering if maybe she's powered up now as well as her earthquake stuff. I think that was just a, I thought that was just a, 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 a uh, show of her skill. I don't think it was. Yeah, yeah. Super it could go either thing. way, I, think, I guess, yeah. is what I was yeah. asking. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing... It, it's not typical that in human, just by its nature, whatever whatever his or her power is, also gets, like, super strength or invulnerability or, or anything right. like that. It's... it's. I mean, they get... It's your power and that's it. Yeah, like, long life. You know, they, they, they basically don't age. Um, and... I mean, it's not it's not clear, though. Well, not, I, I don't know about the long life thing. That was unique to Sky's mother, it sounded like. Well, I... I, I I guess I'm going by the comics. Like if they, if they, if they, how depending on how close they go with the comics, that's one of the the things that's been shown with the Inhumans. Because yeah. that's something that the um, the older gentleman uh, in the previous episode in the flashback, you know, said you you're you're gifted with with you know long life or slow aging, whatever. Oh, no, that's true. You but know, the, so, but the you know. but the guy with the eyes, he obviously is aging at a normal rate. So as a normal rate. And, and also there's a, another indication. He's he, yeah, he's got no eyes, but he has this other ability. Now one's related to the other, but he has some kind of telepathy. Certainly he can perceive things around him because he saw the obelisk, uh, uh, glowing and changing, uh, even though he had no eyes and he has that teleportation ability. So, yeah. so how that's all connected to, to his power, you know, is unclear. Um, you know, Raina, look at her. I mean, she, we know what her, her physical appearance is, but we have no idea if she has any secondary abilities to go with that. Right. Well, we'll we're sure to find that out, though. Yeah. Well, and one of the things they kind of expanded on in this episode, too, later on, is when we get the Cree, when he starts talking about, we actually get the history of what this whole process is, like what what, yeah. what its origin is, why it's happening. It's, it's close to the comics. I mean, in the comics, the whole, the whole point, I, we talked about this on the show before, but, you know, the Kree's genetic line was stagnant. They weren't 
evolving, so they decide to go to Earth and jumpstart evolution in an, in an effort right. to try and help out with uh, with that process uh, for them as a species, hoping yeah, that it so would, it, they'd be able to you know, basically reproduce that way. Um, and the way they make it sound in the show is that the Kree basically needed soldiers to fight an army. Uh, yeah, and they did this elsewhere as well, right. but with no with little success anywhere else except for Earth. Right. Um, but it's, so it's close enough for for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a glaring, um, you know, difference. But but you know, the net effect is that um, you know, and they talk about a hidden city, which I'm curious if that's going to be Adelan. If, now, I think they're talking about the city we already saw. See, I I was I was I wasn't sure because. They make a point of saying the temple. We flooded the temple, um, but we, we well they said the flood. I thought he said we flooded the city, but this Cree also he's got old information. He had they Cree haven't been back for the most part right. since 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 before. So he just got the signal probably when the obelisk was was activated, which begs the question. Clearly, the obelisks have been activated before. Um, we saw that with with uh, Gordon, I think his name was, but no one came then that we know of. Right. Or if they did, they were the humans were able to hide themselves better because they they knew that they knew to hide themselves. Well, it's interesting too that we find there's more than one obelisk. Oh well, yeah. Well, we knew there was more than one obelisk because you know Gordon himself had one. Uh, that's where I was going. So so when the one obelisk was activated by Reyna, um, this other one that we saw that Gordon had, uh, it glowed. Oh, that's right. Clearly, yes. clearly that signal. Yes. Um, Tr- was was transmitted, you know, throughout the galaxy, and the Kree detected it in some way uh, at Hala. So dispatched this guy to to take care of the problem. Uh, you know, so but we know there's more. We know there's at least one more. There, we know there's like there were like six. six. I think there were six, six in uh, the cabinet. Yeah, holes and holes in there. One's been destroyed. Gordon has one. We don't know where the other five are, but they're probably held by other other inhumans. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. I wasn't really, again, you know, Ken, like you're saying, that this the show is moving at a pretty quick clip and that they're not, you know, wasting time on stuff that, you know, in other shows they would drag out for multiple episodes or, you know, that would be the focus of, of the whole season or then arc. Uh, you know, yeah. I wasn't expecting ep- to get that. Yeah, and this episode did a great job of that. It did a couple things. It, it gave us the backstory on the Inhumans themselves. We got the Kree, you know, fully, solidly, you know, engaged into the storyline. You know, Sif came down and gave us a little more details on there, and Sky's out in the open. So now we need to figure out how to help her. Uh, so there's a lot going on. It it wasn't a, a spectacular episode by any means. There's certainly been better episodes, but it it was uh, it was a good chalkboard episode. Like, like I say, let's just you know kind of spill out all this information, get it out of the way, so we can move on with the rest rest of the the plot. Yeah. Now, one of the things that caught me a little off guard, and I, I jumped the gun a little bit on this, but uh, it's been a theory of mine for a while, so I, maybe I was just a little sensitive to it. But when they first showed what we saw was the Kree, he was he looked human, mostly, and he had that, what they end up calling a truncheon in his hand. But when I first got a glimpse of it, it looked like a crowbar. And I thought for like half a second, because, again, Sif is involved, the Wrecking Crew... And the Wrecker, you know, their their implements, their weapons are, you know, uh, basically magical by Asgardian means. Um, I almost thought that maybe that she was chasing down the Wrecker and that we're we're going to see that. And then, 
Yeah. Uh, then when he he flipped and turned blue and and you got a better look at the weapon, it obviously wasn't a crowbar. Uh, it it was pretty obvious he was a Cree. I th- I thought he was going to be an accuser or something because I thought the smaller version of the ha- a very smaller version of the hammer that Ronan would have. Yeah, the head on that uh, thing looked a lot like a smaller version of of Ronan's uh, hammer. So they're again keeping the design consistent. You know, keeping yep. keeping things you know looking pretty close to the same. Who said truncheon was fun to say, Hunter? Hunter yes. Yeah. yeah. Truncheon. truncheon. Hunter is. Uh, I-, I like Hunter a lot. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> He'll get better. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's. I don't. Did you guys? Well, we might as well jump he, to that. You, yeah. Okay. You guys weren't under the impression that he was killed. No, no, no. no, no, no. He, he, he moved. He moved. He's knocked out. He's. He's. He was breathing. Yeah. And Max's gonna have to figure out what to do with him now. Yeah. yeah. Now that that was clearly that that was that was the the you know oh crap moment of the episode that was. That was that was great to see, you know. Again, lots of doubts on who they are, though, and who who Mac and Bobby are working for now. I'm I'm not thinking Fury. I I I don't think I'm ready for there to be yet another faction. So I'm wondering if it's if they're working for Talbot. I have uh, I have a theory based like on the spoiler we didn't want to talk about earlier. Um, uh, well, we can wait. So we'll we save it. Okay, we'll save it. But one of one of the things I'll say, regardless of the spoiler, is. They made a big point when Mac and Bobby kind of had their conversation. She made a big point of saying, remember what it was like for us when we found out our friends were traitors. Right. And they make it. She makes it. We're not Hydra. Yes. She made it. So that tells me they still have, for lack of a better word, good intentions. Yes. Um, Which is why I'm thinking Talbot. They still really think they're the good guys. Uh, But I, I, I just don't know if I'm ready or if I can handle yet another faction to deal with. Yeah, between between Inhumans, between uh, Hydra, between Talbot and now and Shield, to have a fifth group out there, I don't I don't know. Well, maybe they're you know part of it is I I think I think the Hydra thing is going to get resolved in Age of Ultron. That I and I I base that on nothing but my own pure speculation. But given what we saw at the end of the Winter Soldier's little promo. Uh, and given what we know about Age of Ultron, I think that maybe that movie is gonna is gonna put the capper on that, and so yeah, they may. Well, with what some... they did, see with what they did last episode with basically killing all the the heads of Hydra in the United States. At least that's what I, I assume they were. Did they all but put Hydra to bed, like you're saying, in, for Agents of Shield? Hydra's still out there bigger, but this lets Shield focus on the Inhuman issue now, right? So it'll be interesting to to see where that goes, but yeah, I think. But it, but again, I I don't think that Bobby and Mac are quote unquote bad guys. Uh, I I think I think there yeah, there's just something else going on, and I think that's going to get resolved quick. I don't think that's going to be something that lingers out there too long either. Uh, it's funny when when they talk about how uh, that Cree was wearing that suit with the nitrogen because the atmosphere that uh, they come from is has a high nitrogen concentrate. And I was like, wait a minute, isn't the Earth's atmosphere like mostly nitrogen? <laughs> um, so I just, I looked it up because I couldn't, I knew it was like 70 something percent. So I, <laughs> I looked it up and it was like, it's Earth's atmosphere is 78% nitrogen. So if the Cree need a more nitrogen rich environment. Well, they don't, no, no, they, they don't. Sif said that wasn't the case, that wasn't what it was. I thought that she, no, she was very clear to say, no, it wasn't. The, the only species that need high nitrogen enrichment um, are not humanoid. 
So that's oh, not what it was. Okay. The nitrogen, the nitrogen was strictly so to, to keep to, it cool. Well, no, it was to conceal. It was, it was to change. That was part of his disguise. It, it made him pink. Oh, okay. That was because once he reengaged, got it, got it repaired. His blue skin turned pink again. Okay. That that's what happened there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No. Sif Sif was pretty clear that no, that's not what it was. Okay. They they th- they were wondering if that's what it was, and Sif corrected them. And then she's like, "What? I I learned that when I was in school, didn't you?" Yeah. Yeah. I love that Coulson called himself Son of Cold to try and jog her memory. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I like the bit with Thor too, with May. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not the first time May has shown her affinity for Thor. I think right. in one of the very first episodes when they were cleaning up after uh, after the first Avengers movie, it might have even been the pilot, she said something about, have you seen the arms on the guy or something like that. She made another comment about Thor. I think it was I the Dark World I, tie-in. The, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah Dark the World, library. Right. They were at the library. Oh, I thought she was just like smiling because she was just like, you know, hey, look, I just got a crush on Thor. I think it was May's got a crush on Thor. Well, no, that's what I thought. I thought May. I thought, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, but Sif, yeah, that's yeah, Sif, yes. Yeah, because the way Sif's like, I don't know why it makes me smile, and she's like, I do. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the, uh, another bit with Sky, how every time when her powers are starting to rage out of control, she focuses on her hands. I don't know yeah, if you guys yeah. have noticed that. I did. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Yeah, I think, if... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think ahead, we're going to say the same thing. Just that I, I think she's going to learn how to like. Her hands are going to be sort of the 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 path that the energy is going to take when, to control it, and then she may go to the special gloves to, right. you know, to help her control them. They seem to be focused through the hands. If that, yeah, I liked I liked how they they drove that home with the gun, and the gun basically you know ripped, tore itself apart because of the the vibrations. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, Fitz is going to cook her up some uh, some gloves. Oh, I didn't think of that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think we I, talked I about that of... earlier when we talked about the comics and Daisy and the comics with the gauntlet she yeah. wears. I think we talked once before about uh, Fitz coming up with something for that. Very good. So what about Simmons is getting pretty hardcore. Yeah, she's all, like I. I wish there was like uh, maybe there is. Is there a faction in the comics that like hates Inhumans? Like uh, almost like you know we have anti mutant organizations mm-hmm. and stuff. And not yet. I mean, she still wants to protect. I mean, she's she's still again reeling from from trips, so she's still on the whole you know contain them as quickly as you can. You know, but then when it's all revealed and and Fitz is basically calling her out on it, saying like, "Look at how you're acting. I couldn't let you do that to to Sky." She's like, "But Sky's my friend. She's different." She's like, "No, you, that's not what you do." And and Sim, Simmons couldn't believe that about herself that she would treat Sky differently. But I still don't doubt that she probably would. You know, at least out of fear. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting that we're seeing the side of Simmons because she's, you know, very much not been this way. I mean, obviously, the well, you know Trip's death has had a profound effect on her. She's coming across a very real threat that she doesn't understand and she can't control, and she needs to do that. Yeah. And and from what we've learned about Simmons, that's that's you know everything she's come across scientific wise, she, she's been able to understand, um, or at least somewhat comprehend. This is totally new to her, and it's thrown her off her game big time. And all she knows what to do is how to study it. And she can't study it if it's not contained. Right. You know, and that's what she wants to do. She just wants to you know get it shut down, get it contained, and let's figure this out. 
We got the destroyer gun back again. Bambino. <laughs> I was I was playing that back and I wanted to hear what exactly what he said. Um and he said, Fitz, we need Bambino. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And then he pulls the destroyer gun out. It's like, ah, that's what we're calling him, the Bambino. Get me baby. That was nice. Yep. Hey, speaking of uh things I had to click uh put the, the closed caption on. Earlier in the beginning when he was talking to Mac, um I thought that's what he said, but they're talking about the. I guess they're taking weapons inventory, and uh, you know the Stark co- copper jackets are getting low. So have Hill put that on the list. So Maria Hill is um, either on the sly or otherwise cooperating with the uh, with Shield, and she's she's helping them out and getting them equipment and intel probably. And oh, nice catch! And, and yeah, I totally it, yeah. didn't catch cool. that. Yep. And uh, so yeah, so that was a, a nice catch there that uh, they're working with Agent Hill. Um, whether or not Tony is is in on it, at least from the point of view that Shield's still out there, not so much Coulson, we don't we don't know yet. I keep thinking that Bobby and Mac might be doing this for Tony, and and there would be an easy way to work that into Age of Ultron. Kind of like how they did with um, Sitwell in Winter Soldier. Like, you didn't right. really need to know that it came out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but if you did, it would be cooler. You know, yeah. like, if Tony was gathering information from whatever, from sources in sort of nefarious ways, that could sort of set off, like, a rift between Tony and Captain America or Tony and other heroes. I don't know. I just yeah. I feel like I'm still trying to find the connection to Age of Ultron because you know there's going to be one, and this Mac and Bobby thing seems like it could go that way. That'd be really interesting if that was it. I'm not there yet, but it'll be cool if it is. Yeah, I just can't. It's not. I'm not really sold on that idea, but I can't come up with much else. So yeah. we're going to be driving it. ourselves nuts a year from now when we're close to Captain America Civil War and the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. God willing, Season 3 is upon us. Um, yeah. Trying to figure that out because I'm, I'm sure yep. it's, it's gonna there's going to be all kinds of craziness. Like, what intel could they have that Tony would want? Uh, like Hydra. In, yeah, Hydra yeah. or, you know, maybe Von this Strucker? stuff with the... Or the obelisk stuff or the... Yep. Yeah. Or just the Col- Coulson in general. Yeah, I, I'm. See, I, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I'm not there yet. We'll turn later. Uh, oh, and the the I think the last bit of oh, a couple, two a couple more things I had. Uh, Sky was all about the one liners uh, on this episode. She the whole Blue Man Group reference and yeah, uh, the Willy Wonka. Uh, I thought yeah, that's that's that fun. Yeah. I thought those were kind of fun. Um. And again, Sky is, I will say this, and I don't know if it's just maybe because not as many people are watching the show, um, <laughs> but I'm not seeing the Sky bashing that we did in season one. Like, you know, it was so prevalent in season one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it seems to have died down. And honestly, I mean, I I do have to give it to Chloe Bennett. I think just being a young actress in her first, you know, real role other than, you know, whatever pop sing stuff she did, you know, and mostly in China. Um, she's really kind of coming into her own. I mean, she's really putting in um, some powerful performances. I mean, I'm buying it. It's, I don't, I don't think it's, 
it's not coming across as cheesy. I mean, when she kind of has her breakdowns and stuff like that, it I'm I'm buying it. I think her now officially being connected with a Marvel character, I think that helps a lot. That's true, yeah. You know, I think part of the problem was like, where are they going with this new... She's the only, you know, she's she's a character that they created out of the blue and they're basing the show around her and we couldn't figure out like, you know, where it was going and, and, and they definitely wrote her as annoying early on. And now I think knowing what where she's headed, it gives you a little more patience with the character. Um, and they've definitely toned down her whole act. Right. You know, like when you think back to her hacker, Whedon speak sort of start with the show, um, this is way different a character. Yeah. Um, and then the the last thing I have, at least in my notes for the episode, um, is uh, I, I I love that we got to hear the line that I was waiting the whole episode to hear um, at the end, which was her say, Heimdall opened the Bifrost. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that. I don't know. I just, yep. It's just it's just cool. Yeah. We didn't get Edris Elba, but... Uh, That's okay. But we did get we her. The, her we got the Bifrost. Yeah. Hey, we have some feedback. Uh, I think we put this call out for comments, right? Yeah, we got... I think we got quite a bit of, of feedback, actually, this episode. Uh, you want to do one from Twitter while you're... Uh, Please do. Yeah, go for it. on Facebook. The Great KB says... Uh, do we think the Mac and Bobby situation is the connection to Ultron, you know, where they're going to tie the show to the movie? We, I spoke about that a little bit. I happen yep. to think that it might be. I don't know if you guys – do you guys have any other thoughts on Mac and Bobby or if it's just kind of a something for this season that will be resolved or – uh, I I do, but I think, like I said, since we're kind of saving that to the spoiler section at the end, I th- I think I'll have more to say then. No, I don't have anything else to say. I think there's another comment in our Facebook comments that I wanted to speak to on that, but uh, uh, not on that one, no. I, I, I'm not seeing the Ultron connection yet, but maybe. Anything, anything's possible. Do you see any other Ultron connection? Phil, the guy on our Twitter, wants to know what we think the age of Ultron connection will be. So if not Mac and Bobby, you see anything else? I'm honestly not expecting anything, at least not as overt as we had with Captain America. Uh, there, there might be, but I, I just don't have enough imagination to think that there is going to be something that that big. I actually wondered, as game changing as that was last year, um, I, I don't know if there's going to be that moment. I mean, I think we already had it with 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 Sky going through Terra Genesis. I think we already had that game changing moment, uh, but there might be something else. And if there is, great. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see some sort of fallout. I just. I just don't know what it is. Um, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be quite as drastic as what we saw last year because uh, that's about as drastic as you can get. But I, I think I think if nothing else, I think the tie-in may be that they all know that Coulson's back. You know, that Steve and Tony and Thor, yeah. you know, and, and uh, Widow, they all know Tony or, uh, Coulson's back. And yeah, if Shield comes back out in the open, maybe something like yeah. that. I can see that happening. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I you know, certainly Fury's in in the in the Avengers. Whether or not you know his existence is going to be out in the open, and he's going to you know not take over Shield again, but you know, basically say, "Oh yeah, I'm here," and Shield's out there, and guess who's running it? Yeah. Yeah, I I somehow think I don't know why I think this, but I think somehow Coulson or 
some of those characters are going to tie into the movie. I don't, I don't know why, or some component of the movie is going to tie back into the show. I, I just, I think it's, it's too easy, you know, when you're, when you have all that going on for them to be able to just, uh, you know, just take a portion of, of what the, of what they're doing. It's, you know, it's all owned by the same company. It's all, you know, you know, Disney, Marvel, ABC, it's all, it's all, it's all connected. Um, it, it's easy to just kind of take a slice of that, that, you know, that's dedicated towards the age of Ultron budget and peel that off for the show or something like that. So I, I could be totally off base, but I, I somehow I think that. Cool. Um, so going back to Facebook, uh, we got a few, I put a episode thread, uh, out there, uh, shortly before we recorded and got, got a little bit of feedback. Um, Steven said, I was slightly disappointed that the Kree on Tuesday's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was uh, in human disguise for 99% of the episode. I felt that this Kree on Earth should have been an event, and he should have been in the full blue form. Uh, I, I think a lot of that is just budget. Uh, yeah, they, they managed to do a simple CGI effect uh, twice to get the blue skin on and off. But other than that, I think you're right. They had to spend some money for the Bifrost effect. They had the plane land. Uh, I, I Yeah. Uh, I agree. It would've been really cool, but um, I like the disguise angle too. Yeah, and I think again, the whole point of this is Shield is operating in the shadows. Uh, this stuff isn't in the open. You know, the inhuman aspect isn't in the open. I don't. At this point, it's not. You know, humans in general know the existence of aliens, uh, but other than Thor, they're not really walking around. Uh, and I, I think even though we've had this huge invasion and we've got all this, this stuff going on. I think an alien actively walking around the earth would still be a cause for great alarm. So, uh, so there's that angle as well. Yep. Uh, Mary says, I wanted one little thing, Sif and Mockingbird in a scene together. Uh, but Marvel denied me and now I shall pout. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can't say we disagree with you there. Yep. Uh, They think she's looking for a fight or just a scene together or actual put them pair them up as far as a, a, a fight scene. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell if, it, if, yeah, if she did mean fight or non-fight. Uh, yeah. I guess. Because that could be pretty cool. Yeah. Or just on the screen at the same time would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Adam says, I give this episode a 3 out of 5. The Lady Sif and Kree story was underwhelming. The best part of the episode was in the end when Mac choked out Hunter. I just hope this doesn't turn out to be a love triangle between Mac, Bobby, and Hunter. I don't think it's going to be that, no, but I I absolutely agree. Um, that was the best part of the episode. It was it was a a fill in the blank episode. I mean, it was it was a well done one, but it was there just to give us this information and move it along. Otherwise, it was you know it, it pretty lackluster. Otherwise, I thought one I, thing I, I, I agree with that. I'm sorry. One thing I will say, and again, you know, we talk about hating Sky last season or or whatever. I I didn't think I'd be saying this. I kind of miss Ward. <laughs> yeah. I I like the new Ward. I like the crazy Ward who yeah. buries people alive and sets houses on fire and has like <laughs> Yeah, I'm a whole... I'm looking forward to Ward and Fake May to to come back and and see what kind of ruckus they can cause. Yeah, and again, I'd like to see how that fits in, you know, with what's going on now. They've sort of changed gears with the Inhuman stuff. You know, they've kind of, I'm sure Hydra will be back to some extent, but they've sort of closed the book on Hydra for now. 
Yeah, but they didn't know where they were going to be. I mean, they went off to figure out what to do next, and that does not necessarily mean they're going to be with Hydra. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, I think Ward's, yeah, they're their own thing. You know, I'm expecting them to need something that they can't do, and Sky will put out the call to Ward, maybe without the rest of the team knowing, you know, right. like that type of thing. But Yeah. Yeah, somehow Ward will make himself useful. Yeah. Right, which he's done before. Yeah, Snake eyes. Yeah. Um, David said, I think this episode was a bit underwhelming, especially after last week's, but still better than season one episodes. Uh, I saw this somewhere and I'm starting to agree that maybe Mac and Bobby are working for S.W.O.R.D. Maybe they are monitoring all this alien stuff that could explain their suggestion uh, back up against an Asgardian. I've heard S.W.O.R.D. pop up a lot in theories lately. That's the one I was going to comment on. I was like, yeah, I, I thought that, but have we seen any indication that they exist? Other than the, well, no, other than, other than knowing about Asgardians, that the Earth in general has any knowledge of other races or even a, a need to have an organization like S.W.O.R.D.? Well, we know that Fury was researching the Kree and. You know, they obviously back oh, in, yeah. back yeah, in forty five they found they found all yeah. that stuff. So that could have set that in motion. I guess that's possible. So, um, and the second the second part of his comment and, and Max Max very been very focused on the alien piece of it. True, you know, as far as you know what he's been saying, like you know, this is all something we're not aware of. And if Sword's there to defend us against alien threats, he wants to defend against alien threats, which are right under his roof. So, so that's I guess there's there's that there there's that other faction that I'm talking about then yeah yeah now let me ask you this um, Russ is Sword X Men related uh, yeah Whedon funny enough Whedon introduced Sword in his Astonishing run right so do we have access to Sword in the Marvel Ooh. Studios uh hmm that's a good question I. Sword is like the space version of Shield. Yeah, no, I know the Whedon so, run, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I just right. wonder since it started in X Men, if I, you know, I, I don't know the rules to this whole. That's a that's an interesting question. The only reason I would say no is because they they really they really make a point of saying that Sword is like the the you know Shield protects the Earth, and Sword is like you know, from within and sword protects it from without. So they make it sound like they're almost sister agencies. So it could be that maybe that's some kind of loophole from a, from a, uh, a, you know, the way they cut the deal that that might be around it. Also. Yeah. I just don't know. I know that astonishing, I think, uh, came out after they cut the deal with Fox. So, you know, I mean, the first X-Men movie was out. The second X-Men movie was out, I think, even before Whedon's Astonishing Run really started. So this it may be a case, like, if they if they put something up after, you know, I don't know how newly created characters after that are, are either tied in or not tied in. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I think maybe Abigail Brand and Sword may be, uh, maybe, maybe properties of Marvel. I, I think it's just one of those things. Like it depends how they use it. But that's that's an interesting question. Uh, so the second half of David's comment is: uh, I don't think you ever brought this up, but Lance Hunter also has a comic counterpart in the comics. He's the director of yep. Strike, the British Shield. I don't think they're going for that, but it will be an interesting twist. 
if he was actually a mole for this other organization. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about that during a discussion of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I know we did mention it when we talked about uh, the Winter Soldier, at least, I think, Russ, when we did our commentary, because you pointed out that um, uh, Rumlow was leading the strike team, you know, like all caps, strike, strike. Uh, uh, So so we did talk about the strike team. I think I mentioned in there about the Lance Lance Hunter coming agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that he... uh, in the comics, he's the leader of Strike. Right. So, uh, very briefly, we did speak about it, um, at least, if not in a proper episode discussion, in our commentary. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but no, I don't agree. Yeah, I don't think they're going there. I think they've used Strike already in the war in, in the continuity a little differently um, as a Strike team, if you will. Right. Um, probably loyal to Hydra. It sounds like at least the way they do use it in Captain America. Yeah. Uh, and so last is a comment from Joseph. Uh, says, I thought this episode was solid. Set the groundwork to let the audience know why the Inhumans were created and, and yep. hinted at a possible civil war within S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole bit with Mac, yep. you know, calling her out and saying, you know, yeah, she's, you know, she's dangerous to us, you know. Um, and then Sky overhear- overhearing it. Yeah, that's got me thinking more and more about the, the sword thing. Yeah, that could be something there. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's our Facebook comments. Oh, one one other thing. I just I'll just do real quick, just as a funny. Uh, I put this out there, and I think Ken, maybe we should we we need to think of a friendly wager to place. But uh, <laughs> so I put I put something out there. Uh, which do we think is going to earn more box office money? I said in 2015, but meaning of all the movies released in 2015, which is going to make more money yeah. by the end of its theatrical run? Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron or Star Wars? Uh, Star Wars, Awakens. Star Wars all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the opposite. I think Age of Ultron is gonna is gonna max it out. Uh, can't 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 do it. As as big I, as it is, it's not Star Wars big. It, Sorry, it'll be interesting. I mean, Avengers made one point five billion. I, fine. I, I I it's gonna. I'm not saying it's not gonna do well. No, no. I'm, I just, I'm with you. It can't. It just can't. We'll have to, we'll have to compete against Star Wars. I, and uh, I said this in my post. I. To to my grave, I mean, I think Star Wars is the greatest movie ever made. I mean, I no matter what Marvel does, to me, Star Wars will always be first and foremost in my heart. But I just think the momentum that that this Disney Marvel machine has built with the juggernaut that is uh, this this Avengers franchise, I just don't see it beating it out. Star Wars has probably a very high majority of the Avengers fan base and a whole lot more. I have to agree with Morgan on this one. Interesting. So we'll have to see how this how it shakes out. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a friendly wager. Before we get to the spoilers, we have new iTunes reviews. Yay! Uh, great show for Marvel fans from Shyman Linendahl. Five stars. Can't speak highly enough of it's all connected. I listen every week after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cool. And as a longtime comic reader, I appreciate the details and the fanboy geekery. I'll take that as a compliment. It yes. was. It was meant to be. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, love the show from Donster99. Five stars. I always check the website and the podcast page on iTunes all week waiting for the show. Just started listening around the time of season two. Uh, honestly, my favorite podcast ever. Thank you, Donster. Thank you. Very cool. Um, one of my favorite podcasts from the Agents of the Revolution. That's their uh, username. 
Hey guys, if I could give your podcast higher than five stars, I would definitely love the show. Only been listening for a few months, but uh, I feel like the show, the Agents of Shield show, has improved, and I've even gone back and tried to listen to some of the earlier episodes. Um, I'm excited for the rest of the season, and Age of Ultron is going to be awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So thank you. Last one from the 502 Entourage. Good so far. Four stars. I found this podcast because I was looking for another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast <laughs> other than the one I'm listening to. So far, I highly enjoy listening to the hosts and co-hosts. Uh, and that's it. So those are our new reviews. We thank everybody. Thank uh, we love the reviews. If you continue to put in, we're going to add all the new ones we get to our next contests. And uh, it really helps the show out. Absolutely. So... Uh, I put all the entries from the beginning of time into a hat uh, and pulled them out. And uh, the winner for this contest is Theon Fire Koala. That's the yes. username. It's my favorite username of all of them. Yes. Uh, so if you would email IAC at HHWLOD.com, um, we can definitely get you your uh, digital codes and then we'll get a mailing address from you and, and send off your... A uh, variant copy of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one. Awesome. Yes, yes. And, and no koalas were harmed in the creating of this podcast. No, no. That's true. That you know of. <laughs> it is a remotely recorded podcast, so <laughs> I don't know what these guys are doing. <laughs> uh, wait, we're not in the same room? <laughs> Uh, so spoilers, spoiler, spoilers. Uh, so it was announced that episode fifteen, which is titled, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. Uh, it hits the fan, I think it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, it's called One Door Closes. Uh, is episode fifteen, uh, and we find out that Lucy Lawless makes a return. Got to be flashback. I don't think so because, what? and I will say, uh, the reason I say I don't think it is. Is because uh, she the one of the because screen- she's an inhuman and she got better. <laughs> yeah, one of the scenes no body no death. Uh, one of the th- one of the scenes they show uh, or one of the the bits I saw was uh, Blair Underwood was in the same shot with the rest of them. Um, and because she's in on it, she he's he's in on it too. It's got to be a flashback. Well, That's wait a second now. Uh, so there's, I have not seen, or I didn't even know of this news until we, I saw it on the list of things we're going to talk about. So there's a shot of Lucy Lawless coming up in this episode. There's there's a a shot. Yeah. There's some sort of screen grab that has the cast and she is in there and I could see Uh, Blair Underwood's character in the same scene. Does she have a green glove or one hand? Uh, oh, good question. Because uh, if it is not a flashback, she will not have both of her limbs. Ah, uh, good point. Unless unless she got better. <laughs> unless she, unless she got unless it's a claw hand or or like um, Koenig, she's an LMD. Uh, I miss that's... Koenig too. <laughs> so th- it's it's not important. It's just something to think about. <laughs> yeah. So one yeah, of the no, things. So it kind of gets it, back so. to. You know, when we talk about speculation and, you know, Bobby and, and, I mean, they all came in with 
Lucy Lawless is Isabel Hartley. I mean, that's, she, you know, she kind of brought a lot of them. Well, not Bobby, but, but definitely Mac and Hunter and, um, I forget who the other guy was. I think there, there were three of them that, that came. Yeah. Uh, one of Simon? Them... No. Iowa. Yeah, that... yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was both of those, but he was, he, I think his code name or whatever was Iowa, right? Or am I making this up? What? I don't know. Something. Um, looking at the Idaho. Uh-huh. Same, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if they're not, if, the, if they're not working for, for Hartley, like if they're still not, like she's still not playing the, pulling the strings that maybe she faked her own death just to see if Colson was legit. Maybe she just didn't trust her. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is a flashback. Maybe it's possible. Maybe Isabel Hartley is an alias, and maybe her name is Abigail Brand. I think... Oh, stop it. Please I don't do that to me. I think that this, this flashback... <laughs> I, will, I will call it a flashback. Will reveal what Mac and Bobby are up to. Yes, that's where, I, where I'm saying it. And if Blair Underwood's character is in there, it just means that... We, we do know he's playing May's ex-husband. He's, he's part of it as well. Um, he might be or be part of the quote-unquote backup that... that uh, hunter was asking about that they were talking about so yeah i'm thinking that's going to be a flashback giving us the backstory of what they were doing from day one morgan and i have never agreed more frequently than this show in this episode today yeah something's up she does have her right hand in her pocket but it does look like her hand (laughs) her left hand in her pocket i should say god um so yeah, you guys could be correct. This could be a flashback. Cool. I'm holding out for it not being a flashback. <laughs> you also think Trip's going to come back too, so um, you also think Age of Ultron's going to make more than Star Wars. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate both of you. Uh, it sounds like a good place to wrap up then. I think so. Are we done? Did we did we beat this to death? I think so. I think so. Oh, that happened ten minutes ago. <laughs> uh-huh. So if you visit hhwlod.com, you'll see the article for It's All Connected, episode 53. And in it will be all of the awesome links for our Facebook, our Twitter, our email, maybe our phone number if I remember it. And uh, the Patreon account, the the aforementioned Patreon account, which I don't think we mentioned is patreon.com slash it's all connected, and again, uh, we're, we're giving a month away. Um, every quarter, anything we gain is going to go to charity, um, which is cool. I'll, maybe we'll have information in the article about uh, the charity that we're starting with, which is called what again? The um, the Robert Downey Jr. charity? Julia's House. Julia's House. Awesome. And we'll be back next week to talk more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever else pops up in the Marvel Universe. And maybe a guest. Uh, and maybe a guest. That's right. We're keeping it under our hat just in case it falls through or um, we screw it up. But uh, we're looking to have a guest next week. That should be awesome. And what's the episode called for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Anybody know? It is called... Dun, dun, dun. One of Us. Uh, it is called One, one of, us. of Us. Yes. One of Us. One of Us. Awesome. So, unless you guys have anything else. Nope. 
Cool. I'm good. Have a good night. Yep. We'll see you next week.